This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. In this episode, I'm speaking to Carol Ashworth, who is a dog trainer and creator of the Walkabout Way dog training. She's also a dog trainer trainer, and she helps other people who want to become dog trainers fulfill their dreams at the Walkabout Academy. So in this episode, Carol is talking about so many different ways that you can promote your pet business. I'm going to call it how to get your pet business out there in as many ways as possible, because Carol has been working in the pet industry for over 32 years. So she has been there before the internet, before social media, and she has run a thriving business for for all of that time. She shares loads of brilliant practical advice on how to get your pet business name out there from using social media to using really old school methods like taking presents to your local vet. It's full of really practical advice. I've been working with Carol for two years now and she's an absolute joy to work with and gives so much to people. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. You'll get loads from it, whatever kind of pet business you have. So now on to the main part of the show with Carol. So hi, Carol. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's lovely to have you here. Hi, Rachel. It's good to be with you. Oh, thank you. So, Carol, um, I know I've known you for a long time now. You are one of my lifers, bless you. Um, <laughs> you've been with me like from right from the start when I first started doing the blogging courses. Um, but I would, it would be really helpful if you could tell people listening um, a little bit about you and what you do. So can you tell us a bit about your background? Okay, certainly. Um, well, I've been a dog trainer for over 40 years. Uh, my company's The Walkabout Way, and it's more or less um, a lifestyle for dog dog owners um i teach people how to live and enjoy working with their dogs i'm also a mentor and i actually help people become dog trainers i'm based down on the south coast on the south downs in a picturesque valley between petersfield and portsmouth oh that sounds lovely okay okay so can you tell us a little bit more with your with your dog training business what kind of um, what kind of dog owners and 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 um you know, what kind of people do you work with? Well, I have had over 30 German shepherds. So I tend to be known as the person to go to when living with a German shepherd. I also work with a lot of the local rescues that bring dogs in from abroad. So the street dogs I've been working mm-hmm. with over the last couple of years. Um, and that's uh, whether it's a completely new dog owner or it's somebody that's taken on a street dog and that's a completely different thing to somebody who's just taken on a rescue from, say, the local rescue in this country. Wow, okay. So with the German Shepherds, I know we've talked about this before, but you've, so you've had over 30 over the years then. So what is mm. it that you like? So what is it that you love about the German Shepherds? Well, my first couple of dogs were German Shepherd Crosses, and then I got involved in obedience. And for some reason, I was convinced that if I got a German Shepherd, it would be the perfect way to go up the uh, various levels to actually get to Gruffs. Never happened because my German Shepherds didn't like Border Collies, and so that didn't work very well. But I love the loyalty, and there's a bit of a character. But to be honest, of the... I've had 32 German Shepherds yeah. and 27 of them have been rescues. Wow, okay. 
So do you do you find that people kind of gravitate towards you as as a German Shepherd specialist or um, like have you found that over the years? I know you've been doing it for a long time. Yes, I mean, I, I've we've been known as the German Shepherd specialist, first of all, where we used to live, but now certainly down here. And it's the thing that I niche to because it's the thing that I understand and know. I'm a great believer in the fact that if I've um, struggled with it, I'm sure somebody else is struggling too. So if I can share my experiences with them, uh, it seems to help. Absolutely. And with the street dogs as well, can you tell us a little bit about that and how, how you kind of came to work with, And because I know you do some work with local rescues, don't you, but how you went down the route of helping people with the street dogs and the kind of challenges that you that you face with those? Well, it's been quite interesting because one of the places I moved to, the lady that I was, um, it was my landlady, she was actually heavily involved with Give a Dog a Home UK, which is a, a specialist a, um, charity that brings in dogs from abroad, Romania yeah. and Cyprus and places like that. So I did some fundraising with them, got to know them. I now write for them um, and I try and support them in any way I can. And then when we moved down to the South Coast, um, I was also introduced to a couple of other charities in the local area who also work with them. Because I was fundraising for them, my name came forward and that's when we started to get to know them. Uh, they're an interesting I'm going to say breed the street dog. Yeah. They're the survivors. They're the dogs that actually, um, you know, they've got a bit of independence, probably a little bit of the um, the characteristics, which I love with German Shepherds, to be fair. Uh, there's yeah. a little bit of spunk in there that they, you know, they will keep going and they will try their best for you. So I love, I love working with those sort of people. And, of course, during lockdown, lots of people have taken on the new dogs yeah. And those are the dogs that I've actually been working with mostly recently. Yeah. Yeah, because there have been a lot of dogs coming here from, from overseas, haven't there, during lockdown because of the massive demand, I guess. Yeah, I think there was a lot of dogs because of the problems of what would happen when Brexit happened. There was a lot of dogs that came over in blocks, perhaps yeah. not always the best way for some of them. And I know that certainly I question with some dogs whether they it really was the best way for them to, to get to find a new home but that's not for me to make that decision I'm just there to help people to um, help their dog when they've actually got the dog in their own home mm -hmm. um, but yeah as you say it must be really rewarding um, when you see those dogs properly turn their life around and then go on to have really lovely happy lives as well isn't it it's rewarding for me to see that it's rewarding for the owner and it's so nice to, from a dog that you can see is almost holding its breath when you first yeah. meet it, through to sort of three to four months later, or even six months later, suddenly their coat's shiny, their eyes are bright, and they're happy. That's Fantastic. that's the end goal, isn't it? Oh my gosh, definitely. Um, I used to, when I lived in Cheshire, I used to, well, I'm still in contact with her quite a lot now, but um, there's a lady over there, and she has, she has um it's called Dogs for a Rescue, and it's like an open, um, cage-free rescue shelter. And she's got loads of dogs from Romania, um, mm. and um, and I can't remember the other names, the places where she's got them from. But she's got loads of loads of rescues from overseas with with all kinds of backgrounds. But it's just oh god, just amazing seeing her Facebook posts and seeing the stuff that goes on and what she does. So it's just really heartwarming, isn't it? Absolutely, and uh, it, I'm 
true believer in a rescue dog doesn't you don't just rescue the dog I think they give us something back as well I'm convinced oh I've God. seen it happen too many times yeah where that the new owner has been looking for something or it is in need of something and the new rescue dog has done the rescuing yeah so it's it's happened too often yeah. so for me not to doubt it fantastic okay so um so thank you for sharing about your background um and i know so you do the dog training um and you've obviously grown grown a business over over like thir- over 30 years haven't you so you will have experienced yeah. like you know trying to get the work this podcast as you know it's all about publicity and getting more people to know about your business so you'll have experienced that you know like before computers and social media and all of that stuff um so what kind oh, yes. of things have you done over the years <laughs> then to grow your business well um talk to people listen yeah. to people when we first started our dog walking business we wanted to be regarded as professionals so we got veterinary authority. We went to the vets. We spoke to the vets. Before that, I'd been working with uh, pet food distribution companies. So therefore, you get a clue as to who you, you need to be talking to. It's the pet shops. It's the other people in the businesses. So the groomers, the um, dog, t- um, uh, anybody that's actually working with dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly we started off by talking to the vets, get veterinary recommendation, and then we went and spoke to the pet shops. We did worked and did promotions in pet shops. Uh, we, we went to all the shows. We ran our own shows. We did all sorts of things. And even standing outside garden centres or going to the local um, country parks and promoting responsible dog ownership. Just talk, talk, talk to yeah. people and get your name out there. Yeah. Not for any reward at the time. It was purely just to tell people about us. Mm-hmm. And of course that gets you used to talking and listening to people. Yeah. And you get your hands on the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically after that, once you start doing that, you can start getting people's, at that time it was names and addresses. Yeah. Um. We'd run competitions, we'd run raffles, you know, anything just to yeah. get people's contact details and then promote various different things. We'd invite people to dog shows, we'd invite them to join workshops and come and talk to us. And we'd run a, a um, all day seminar at Surrey University one year and just yeah. literally got uh, various people to come and talk. It was wow. just all getting our names forward, really. Yeah. So it's really fascinating hearing the kind of stuff that you did in, in you know, in the old, when I say the olden days. I don't mean like, you yeah. know, you're like a dinosaur. Oh, no. But, well, I feel but, like one sometimes. <laughs> oh, gosh, well, so do I. Like, I, I, I've shared this before, but when I first started in newspapers, we didn't really have online, and I had the job of uploading stories onto the website, and that was like, no one really cared about the website at the time. You know, no. I was the I was the lowest reporter um, there, and it was like, oh, there you go, just get Rachel to go and do that. So it's it's just so interesting hearing you talk about how you got yourself out there in the old days, um, compared to what you do now. So I know you do loads of different things to get your um, business out there, but what would you say have been? You know, what I guess I guess what I'm asking you is, we look at people like people people don't know the born now, do they? When we've got social media and emails and uh, websites and all these things um 
you know, how do you feel about what it was like promoting your business then compared to what it is like now and all the different avenues we've got? Well, I think, to be honest, we, had to, we have to use a whole raft of different ways. Um, if everybody's using social media, then if you suddenly send emails or pop a newsletter in the post to somebody, they're going to be much more aware of you. Yeah. Um, so I try and use a whole range of different things, whether it is newsletters, which I do sort of quarterly, yeah. um, or um, whether I'm sending emails out or I'm writing a blog or whatever, or I, during lockdown, pick the phone up and say, hello, how are you? Um, You know, because that's the only way. um, And it takes a lot of courage. Don't get me wrong. It's not an easy thing to do. But um, thinking about what I used to have to do, where I used to have to um, um, send a postcard out to somebody, or, I mean, the only way we could contact people was uh, you had to get on the phone and talk to people. Um, and as we can't go out and meet people now, that's the next best thing, really. Yeah, oh just my letting gosh, people just let people know that we're still around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, emails, blogs, all those sort of things work. But I don't think it hurt, hurts to do a few leaflets and yeah. talk to your local pet shop and get them to recommend you, or you know. To, it, I know the vets can't actually recommend now they're not mm-hmm. meant to but you know if they're talking to their client on a one-to-one basis yeah and you say I don't know what to do and they say well why don't you go and speak to Carol that's that's a different thing altogether and it's only because you've built the relationship I'll tell you one thing I did do a long time ago when we started our dog walking thing um every sort of period there was like Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, any of the periods of time that there was sort of times that sort of celebrations, we used to go in, even if we hadn't had any referrals from the vets or pet shops, we'd take them in a box of biscuits or a box of sweets. So I think they could share with the rest of their colleagues, just thanking them. Yeah. And uh, it's something that I have to be honest, until a few years ago, well, probably until I met uh, Dominic, I had forgotten I'd used to do that. Yeah. Because you do forget things. So it's actually only since I've been sort of working, concentrating really on the publicity side, and that's really been working with you, Rachel, I've actually mm-hmm. written things down and saying, right, okay, this week we're going to do X or, you know, so I've actually plotted things rather than sort of, so I'm being a lot more proactive yeah. rather than, reacting to something yeah I think that's um yeah I think that's really it's really interesting about you know just kind of going out like similar to journalism I guess um going out and knocking on doors and and going and talking to people because it can be so easy to avoid like those things you know it is it can be out of your comfort zone can't it and it can be easy to avoid and easy to oh yes social media but actually if you go and do go and you know go and charm your local vet or your local pet shop or just start building relationships and that's that that's going to serve you well for a long long time isn't it yeah I mean to be fair what I found was and it is hard because you I'd make a whole list of vets and places that I wanted to visit um and then I'd allocate so many leaflets or so many things to each each place maybe a poster and a leaflet or uh, some leaflets um, and I'm pretty sure that many times 
they just picked them up and threw them in the bin. Yeah. But I'd been in there. And the, uh, by the end of the day, it was almost like, oh, right, I'll just do this one more and this one more. And you didn't mind so much. But those first two or three, as you know, it's blimmin' hard work to actually physically go in the door and talk to somebody. Yeah. But, you know, it, if you want to, when you're self-employed, you've got to do something. You can't rely on anybody else to do it. No, absolutely. So, can't sit and wait um, for the phone to ring, can you? As I've learned. Uh, no, <laughs> and I had a daughter to feed, so I had to do something. I know, I know. <laughs> so tell me about, so we talked a load, talked lots about your dog, um, your dog training business, um, yeah. but tell me about the academy as well. So you've, as well as being a trainer yourself, you've got the academy. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, uh, the academy was started unfortunately because I had a number of people working with me and alongside me and learning from me um, during the uh, 90s and up to the well even more recently as well but I had a number of people working with me and maybe they got a little bit greedy and felt that they should have what they that they thought was theirs so I found I was uh, losing business my business was being taken away. I had several times I had uh, quite big chunks of my business taken so by people that used to work for me. So I decided the best way to do that was to make it a more formal situation. So I set up an academy so they now pay to learn and then mm-hmm. I mentor them and it's all done on a much, uh, much more structured way. So yeah. people learn, they're still learning, they're still doing the same things they used to do, but rather than getting it for free and then taking half my business, um, they uh, do it the proper way. Yeah. So, And uh, really, since we've set it up as a much more structured thing like that, it's been much more successful. Mm-hmm. And it's good for you as well, isn't it? Because you've—I I know we were talking before we press the record button, but you were saying that you know you are very busy, and I guess um, you know there'll be some some families or pet parents who 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 you won't be able to work with. But it's good to have that network of people who you trust and who you Absolutely. know their methods are, yeah. are ethical and everything, don't you? So so it's yeah. great, and you know there's plenty to go around, especially now post lockdown or during oh. lockdown. We're recording in um, mm. we're recording in March, but. By the time this comes out, actually, I think we might have come out of lockdown. Oh, my gosh, can you imagine? Um, and, well, yeah, nice, I think there's right? a lot of demand, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> it is. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, the, the people I've worked with, there's been some lovely people I've worked with, and they've gone off and done their own thing, and that's been absolutely fine. But then there have been other people that, unfortunately, we regarded as friends who did the other thing. So that was really my incentive to actually make it a much more structured thing and also to, because I was written down, you know, right, we're moving through the whole thing. So in the academy, they have six modules of actual theory, but then they have a year's worth of practical experience working with me. So they get lots yeah. of opportunities to practice, practice, practice. And as you then say, basically, I've got people that I can now say to, certainly because when I moved, I was then able to say, right, those people in this area, I can now send them to you. I've got people yep. in various areas around the South that I can actually transfer them off. They specialise. I've got ladies that specialise in agility. I've got people specialising in the smaller breeds. I've got people specialising in the giant breeds. 
I can actually say to people with that problem, why don't you go and speak to? And they can, um, they get experience of actually working with that sort of person. Yeah. Fantastic. So I also wanted to ask you as well, I know we mm. talked about this briefly before before we, um, we started recording, but how, um, what, you know, what's the last year been like for you? What's, how has lockdown affected you and what you do with both your, your regular business and with the academy? Well, I had actually had moved more or less onto the academy. That was the thing yeah. I was working with. I was talking, I was taking a big step back in actual taking, doing the dog training. I used to do dog training classes every day of the week. Um, and then uh, sort of I'd have two or three sometimes, but obviously your group classes, that all had to change and, and was changing when we moved down here because I didn't want to do as much. I'm in the 60s now. I didn't want to do as much of, of the actual work like that. I was much yeah. more keen to look at the business side of things. But, of course, during lockdown, that all sort of had to go on hold. So it made sense to me to actually go back to actually trying to help people on a one-to-one -one basis. And because we were allowed to do that because of the welfare issue, I've been quite happy to, to do that. And to be fair, the lockdown and the COVID crisis has actually given me the opportunity to help people on a one-to-one -one basis. Yeah. I think a lot of people actually have just enjoyed being able to go and speak to somebody else and talk to somebody else. I can else. imagine. <laughs> <And I'm lucky laughs> they don't even I'm... need a dog trainer. <laughs> no. um, actually, I leave the dog training to my dog. Sky yeah. is the one that does all the work while I talk to the owner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been, we've, we've had to adapt. We've had to adjust it. We have to, we had to do this several times throughout our business life. And I've just done it again this time. But saying that, through that, people have liked the way that I've been working and to my methods. So I now have new people joining the academy. So it's worked really well in the fact that um, because I've had more time to talk to people on a one-to-one -one basis, they've been much happier to then go off and do to carry out the tasks I've challenged them to do, if, if you mm -hmm. like, with their own dogs. They've liked the way it's worked. They've then come back and said, how can we learn how to do it ourselves yeah. and teach ourselves? So there's been a win-win in both sides, to be fair. Wow, oh, it hasn't okay. all been plain sailing, but, you know, I mean, we just I've just used knowledge that I've gained over the years. Yeah. I think it's a it's a definitely been a lesson in resilience, hasn't it? This whole lockdown. Um, oh, certainly, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's been important to, to keep in touch to people. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of work during the time before we could start back. I did a lot of work, which you know, I was lucky enough because we'd sold our house. I had a bit of savings behind me, so I didn't have to worry too much. But it meant I could do a lot of work and trying to help people. Did lots of competitions and tried to get people talking, and but of course, all of that does actually still put your name forward. Yeah, and also puts you out there as you know a, a good egg as well, doesn't it? Which is the best kind of publicity you can have, isn't it? I'd say. Well, yeah. I mean, I think to be fair, I mean, I enjoyed doing it because I felt that it was um, something that I could do. But it mm -hmm. was there was another reason for doing it, and that was the fact that I had the knowledge. Yeah. I just went through all my old files, many which were typewritten out. <laughs> 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 uh, 
and then um, put them on on the website and let people sort of try and get the help that they needed. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So that's really brilliant that, you know, you've, you've kind of, you've thrived in lockdown, which is just fantastic because it's just been such a really uh, challenging time, hasn't it? And I know that we, um, so we're now in like, we're now in kind of spring 2021 and we started working together in spring, I think it was 2019. And we started doing stuff around blogging and you came on one of my programs, didn't you? Mm. Um, and then you were very kindly signed up for my first, um, for my first publicity course, which was just brilliant. So it's great having you here because you've been with me for quite a long time. I know you have um, support from Dominic as well, who's another um, pet business marketing expert. Um, but no, it's been brilliant, obviously, working with you. And I would just love to know how the stuff that we've we've worked on with the blogging and the publicity um, has kind of has kind of helped, really helped put you you know move your business forward. Um, well, it certainly has helped. Um, I think it's for me, being beneficial because I felt that I had somebody to account to, um, you know, apart from the fact that if you've actually said something to do, suggested to do something, it'd been so easy for just say, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Whereas I felt, no, I will do it now. And, oh, yes, that's a good idea. Oh, crikey, I used to do that. It's a reminder. Um, certainly working with yourself has been uh, it's sort of just the fact that it's just been that person there to be accountable to really that's yeah. what I found really helpful for me um, and then talking about awareness days and various other things you just think oh yes and of course that then triggers me off down another path and uh, it's very useful just to give you set goals so that you can actually say right I've got to do this by this day or whatever it's been really helpful for me in any case mm -hmm. so what I love about working with you is like whenever we used to do when we did the blogging course first and we chat about mm. things and I remember I was talking about your 32 German shepherds and I was like oh Carol you've got to write a blog about that people <laughs> would love to read that wouldn't they and you'd always just go and do it and then within an hour you'd send me an email saying look it's up on the website and I was like wow how do you do it so quickly <laughs> it's brilliant but and I know what you are and um, you're just great at getting stuff done and, and just turning things around quickly as well which I love um, but what kind of so if you put a blog out about you know about I don't know maybe supporting your dog in lockdown or something mm. that you as you were saying then when you were talking about wanting to help people in lockdown and just knowing that you have all this knowledge and getting it out there what kind of impact do you kind of see like pre-lockdown and then I guess during and then you know kind of the all the ins and outs of the last year when we've been in and out of lockdown but when you put when you've got some content and you put it out there um, you put it on your website and it goes out on your social media channels and everything. And um, what kind of, you know, how does that, what do you see after that? What's the kind of impact on your business? Well, it's been quite interesting because I was actually really surprised. I'd, I'd write about something um, and there'll be like either very little response or anything, but then the phone would start ringing about something else. So it's yeah. almost like if I focused on my business as opposed to just doing it, if I focused on it, it would create more work. But then when the client does come to see me, they turn around and say, oh, I've been following you for ages. I've been reading what you've been doing, reading what you're doing. I've already broken the barriers down for them. So I, although I don't know them, they feel as though they know me 
So sort of the first 10, 15 minutes of meeting a client is usually getting to know them and trying to sort of weigh up how and what I can do to help them. But they're much more open and they're talking to me because they already feel as though they know me because of the blogs or the writing that I've been doing. So that's been one thing that's been really interesting. So some people I've... Last week, I spoke to somebody who has been following me for 18 months, and he's only just got a puppy. And as soon as he got the puppy, the first thing he did was phone me up and say, I've been following you for 18 months. I want you to train my dog. Now, that to me, is, it's what it's all about. It's building relationships with people and uh, helping with them. I'm a true believer if you don't actually write down what you actually want to do and actually work out exactly what to, what you want the people to do um, and what you want, you'll miss it. Yeah. So that's been uh, quite an interesting thing to see. So, um, but it's all about, as I say, all the work that I had written in the past. I've obviously brought it up to date. Yeah. But it's actually... Um, a lot of it's still the same common sense, you know. The dog's still the dog. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And I think, um, especially when you've got so much experience and 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 resources and knowledge, you can actually turn stuff around really quickly, can't you? Because, like you've just said, you've got like typewritten things that you've been able to turn into yeah. things that you've I found out another there. box this morning. Oh, it's great, though, isn't it? I mean, as long as you can type quickly, you're laughing, aren't you? And one of the things yeah. that I see sometimes is that people people will say. I don't not so much now actually because I think um like particularly since doing the podcasts and stuff um people do seem to uh, aren't seem to say it as much but sometimes people will say oh you know if we're talking about dog training I will say like well you know why don't you do a blog about recall and do like five steps to perfect recall or something mm. and they'll say oh but if I'm going to do that then I'm just giving it giving all giving away everything that I know and I just I always just think well no because you're just showing you're just showing how you do things and people will people will read it and they're not like you know god we can find out anything on the internet can't we but it's actually mm. having that that personal support that personalized feedback and 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 you know help that's what makes a difference isn't it so mm. would, would you agree I mean you obviously put loads of stuff out there don't you but um would you agree well, that, yes, that does bring I, people I, closer to you I understand why people would think that about, oh, no, I mustn't tell them all this and the other. Mm. mustn't give them all this information for free. They need to come and they need yeah. to pay for it because otherwise they won't listen. But dog training is very much like a lot of other things. It's a personal service. Yeah. And, yes, you can give them the very basics, but we could all pick up a book and read it yeah. or we could go on and sort of Google and get the answers but actually, I've had over 32 dogs. Uh, I've trained, what, 12,000 dogs plus. Wow. And I would honestly say that, yes, to get a dog to come back on a recall, you want them to come back to you willingly and happily. But that doesn't make them yeah. make it happen. You've got to do it. And if you haven't invested the time and the relationship with your dog, and that doesn't come overnight and people need that support, which is why, yes, you tell them the basics, yeah. but they'll still come and ask you for help. And if you've got that relationship and you're a friendly sort of approachable sort of person that's willing to 
give, you're probably more likely to get people knocking your door than not. Yeah. Certainly with me, that's what worked in any case. Yeah. Um, And I think just being, I think, as you say, you've had that guy who's been following you for like two years. Mm. Every time you've put something out there, you've just reinforced that that feeling with him that you're the right person for him um, when he gets his puppy, haven't you? Which is great. That's what we all want. Yeah. Mm. And once you've broken the barriers down, of course, it's you're going to get them referring your name on to other people. So, you know, it's Mm. a win-win all the way through. Yeah. Like, um, you know, well-behaved puppies are your most are your best advert I guess aren't they or well-behaved dogs or just happy dogs I guess who you yeah happy with. dogs and happy owners yeah <laughs> um okay and I wanted to I know we've talked about this before like off off air so to speak but um I wanted to talk about how your content um your blogging and and the, the stuff that you, you put out there has helped you uh, build relationships with other pet businesses as well because I know you've done you mentioned working with vets but also like with dog fields and things like that so can you That's tell right, us a little yeah. bit about those about how they've worked yeah um well actually those ideas of the the collaborations um uh, again was something that you reminded me about that I'd done in the past and I felt that it should should go back to because when the secure field started and started to grow um we needed to find one for one of our dogs who needed to have some off-lead exercise and I started to build relationships because I was a regular customer and I used several of the fields around here. But um, when we came up with the idea of um, trying to support the um, planting of the trees, I was talking to Paul Paddock, which is one of the client uh, secure fields that I was working with. And that's how we um, got the connection with the Woodland Trust. And through yeah. that, we ended up on the ITV um meridian news which was great fun um that collaborations continued i've been working with them for probably or ever since we do regular competitions promotions and various things together and uh it's been beneficial for both of us not immediately but again what what you're actually doing is gradually every time you do something the phone rings and it starts people asking more and more questions um, the recent promotion I did um, for recalls, we did a very simple competition of people just liking and sharing our posts, and I gave them lots of free advice. And from that, I've probably got seven or eight new clients from it. Wow. But um, the young couple that run Poor Paddock, uh, they're now opening their full field. So, wow. you know... <laughs> You know, it's working for them as well. So it works as a two-way street. So it's it's a good thing. But I've done that with several uh, secure fields. The same with dog walkers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, talk to people, dog groomers, talk to people, work to them, write a blog about them. I always meet them first and have a chat. If we like each other, we can go further, which is, uh, I like, I'm pleased to say, has always been beneficial for both of us. Yeah. It's um 
like um, I know we're we're pretty similar because we do like to chat and stuff, don't we? And it, <laughs> I just think um, going and um, we were saying earlier, weren't we, before we started recording about how much we can't wait to actually just go and see people in real life. And, Absolutely. And, Have yeah, a coffee just, with someone. Yeah, It'd be nice. Get off Zoom and <laughs> get off social media. It's going to be amazing, isn't it? Um, so you just touched on it before, but you've you've done my publicity program um, as well as doing working a lot on content as well, haven't you? Um, mm. And been been part of the membership as a res- as a result of that, which has been brilliant having you there because because of um, because you've you've implemented things. So if people are if people who've, who've just joined, a, a, you know, if they're struggling with something or they're just trying to figure stuff out, I can say actually Carol did this and this is what happened. Um, but when it mm. comes to publicity, can you tell us a little bit about the kind of things that you've achieved and how it's how it's impacted on your business? Um. I just keep at it on a regular basis. I mean, that's really, um, as I say, I sort of plot sort of the next couple of months of thinking, right, okay, using your ideas with the awareness days and things like that. So that might just give me an idea to take off and do something. We've got Easter coming up. We've got various (laughs) other things coming up. You've got all these different things. Um, I wouldn't say that just one thing would actually um, say that one thing, just one thing worked. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to keep at it yeah, and be prepared to change and adapt and listen. Mm-hmm. I've, um, it's difficult really to say what actually worked the best with me. I wouldn't have said that being on television was the best thing, but... yeah. <laughs> It's it prestigious, an isn't it? And it's an experience, isn't it? But Absolutely. I guess, um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it, where you've got where we see all this research that experts say people need to, you know, see us in. You know, it used to be like seven touch points, didn't it? But now I think it's about mm. like five hundred. No, seriously, yeah. I think it's about like between twenty and thirty. Mm. Um, but the more, um, the more you're, the more visible you are, and the more, the more places people are seeing you and you're hearing your name you're just building that trust aren't you and really yeah and you're also building your own confidence yeah in your ability to be able to do it I think the more you do these things the the more confident you come over and much more you're much more comfortable about doing things yeah I mean because when I was working back in the 90s with through a television company uh it was a different thing to now um, but uh, because we didn't have the social media, we didn't have all the other things, but those connections and making, getting to know people and talking to people, each time you do it, you can do it with a little bit more confidence next time and next mm-hmm. time and next time. But believe me, the first time you do it, you're shaking. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I was also going to say as well because I remember I was just I'm just going back to like at the beginning of lockdown when you were doing some, when you were doing stuff to raise um, raise money for the for the rescues and stuff like that. Mm. So I guess learning um, learning how to learning all the publicity side of things has benefited them as well, hasn't it? Because you can actually yeah. step up and support people who need it, can't you? Which is a, a great thing for you to be able to do. Yeah, and I've been able to share that with the yeah. with the charities as well. So, you know, I've been able to give them the information that I've learnt and um, share them and encourage them to, to, to go off and, and do it. 
Yeah. So it's, it's fairly easy once you once you kind of once you get your head around the the simple steps to follow it. It's it's pretty easy, isn't it? Um, once you've done it a few times, I think. Um, yeah. Just coming up with your idea, finding someone to send it to, doing a bit of nurturing, sending it off, and then that's it. Job done, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, no, you, I, I love all your practical advice and I love like, oh, you know me, I love all the old school stuff that you do as well. Because I think, um, I think, you know, those, the, the those things work, don't they? Um, and mm. I also love, I really, and you're so, we were talking about, you know, you sharing your knowledge. You're also really generous with, um, you've been really generous to me over the, over the time we've known each other. And I know you've tag, you tag me regularly in Facebook groups, which is really, really, I've, really appreciate it and um, what I would love to know is um what's your advice um if you, let's say if you've got let's say if you were talking to somebody maybe if it was like imagine it's one of your one of your academy students and they're mm. just going off out into the world or it's a new pet business and they're thinking oh gosh I know I need to get myself out there but I'm not really sure where to start what would you what would your advice be what and what do you encourage your own students to do uh research lots yeah. of research um get out there and talk to people and find out what other people need and want mm-hmm. um so if that means you go and support a rescue and find out what people need to hear and yeah. what they need to know um i've done i've lost count of the number of times i've stood outside a um garden center or or a country park and just talk to people and just ask them what they need what they want to do it's it it is just literally that and it's not much hardship when you bend down and stroke their dog is it Mm -hmm. really I mean you can always start there um and uh a lot of these um places are keen to get people there that actually have got a little bit of knowledge and they're prepared to share yeah so uh, but I uh, whenever I meet somebody I'm always as I say we go back to that cup of coffee I sit down and, and talk to them and ask them what their story is because their story is probably just as valid as anybody else's mm. yeah oh my gosh definitely I'm thinking I'm listening to you Carol and thinking not that I would ever wish it on you and I'm, I think we've said this before <laughs> actually but you you so could have been a journalist as well as being a dog <laughs> trainer and a dog trainer trainer um <laughs> Because, yeah, it is about getting yourself out there and finding, you know, just being in front of people and and, and getting them talking about them as well. Because people love that, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I think um, I've never really felt myself as being a just a dog trainer. I believe yeah. I'm a teacher. I've always taught. I've always taught one way or another, whether it's when I talk karate or where I talk swimming or anything else so basically uh the end it's is still talking to people and listening to what they need yeah and working and working with that and to be fair that's what I say to people when people start their businesses I say right yeah. you just got to go out there and just talk to people mm-hmm. and you've got an added advantage because most people like you to praise their own dog yeah so you can you can start there yeah start with the dog <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah break the barriers down yeah fantastic okay well I think that's a lovely uh, lovely thing to um finish this this chat with um so Carol it's been brilliant talking to you can you tell me about how people can find out more about you 
and what you do as um, as a dog trainer and also about your academy as well. I will put all the links in this episode, but I will put all the links in the blog post, blog post even that goes with this episode. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can just say them as, we're, as people will be listening as well, that'd be really helpful. So where can we find out more about you? Okay, so my website for the dog training company is the walkaboutway.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a fairly self-explanatory, easy to follow through um, website with lots of links and various different things on there and lots of information. And then if people are interested in finding out more about the Dog Training Academy and becoming a dog trainer, that's just the Walkabout Academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the link is also on the other website as well. So it's all linked into each other, Okay. Uh, trying to make it as easy as possible for people to follow through. Fantastic. And do people can people join the academy from um, all over, like all over the UK? Um, I know some of it's online, some some is face to face as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of uh, my clients at the moment, because they're not being able to travel in any case, a lot of my students are actually uh, doing a lot of work through the old Zoom or mm-hmm. actually doing videos and various things. Um, yeah. So yes, uh, it's it's not restricted to just the local. And hopefully when we start getting out and about again, we'll go back to doing our workshops, which are designed to help people get lots of practical experience. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay. well, Carol, it's been lovely having you here um, and chatting to you. Um, And yeah, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Rachel. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources on ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.